Welcome. Boom, boom, boom. Welcome to the show, listeners from around the world. Now, we are in a post-apocalyptic world and universe here with Jay and Bray. Brayden, how have you been handling the apocalypse in your corner of the universe? Oh, mate, it's rattled, to, rattled me to my core. Really? Yeah, I don't know what to do anymore. Same it's, old. Yeah, it's destroyed my identity. I'm having a midlife, quarter-life crisis. I mean, if it's oh, we'll a quarter-life crisis, you got three more to go, so I wouldn't... I don't know if I'll, you know, strap in for a quarter. You sure it's not like a halfway point, maybe? Like a one, one crisis out of just one or two? Or you think you've got more crises to come? There's got to be more crises to come. You'd be <laughs> ignorant otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Case. Yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is crazy out there. I'll, I'll look. We don't have a name, I think, for this show yet. We'll just call it the show. Uh, I came up with uh, Quarren Talk, right? Quarren Talk. But then when I wrote that out and I sent that to you, I don't know if you if you realized this, but upon reflection, I realized that it's spelled out Quran Talk. And I'm like, <laughs> we're going to attract uh, the wrong the wrong audience for that. <laughs> Given that we're probably both uh, more atheists than we are uh, Islamic, so that's yeah, probably not hey. the <laughs> crowd we want to uh, bring in here. But and then you came up with um, which I thought was a pretty good name. Uh, do you want to give your? Yeah, it's just a uh, conversation. Quanversations, I thought was pretty cool. Um, but then I think we, we figured out that maybe that's like a Kwanzaa thing. Maybe someone's going to reserve that copyright for their African family. I understand we don't want to infringe on that, of course. Um, I also came up... Uh, what do you think of this? Mate dates? You know, you're going to make a date with your mate in these trying times. Mate dates! <laughs> yeah! You like that? No, I dig that. All right, well, gonna, well maybe we'll, maybe we'll go with that. I'm not going to say anything yet because I don't want to be stuck to our worst ideas, so maybe we'll come up with something else. But <laughs> <laughs> It's in the pipelines. It's in the yeah. pipeline. Welcome to it's Mate getting... Dates, where you make dates with your mates. And, of course, we are going to talk about uh, some corona stuff in the first segment just because it is such a crazy world. It affects all of us. You know, we're not experts and don't get any medical advice from this show like uh, that guy who took trump's advice or whatever and drank um chloroquine i think it was called um so you know don't don't do that (laughs) but um you know this affects everyone man i'm sure you know people that have just you know their lives have just been upended ours to some we're both technically i think unemployed at this stage so it's definitely impacted us too in terms of our part-time you know employment so it's just crazy we can't not talk about it and i don't know about you man but it's just been, like, there's just an aspect of boredom setting in at some point. It's like, you may as well just do a podcast. What do you think? Right, right. Yeah, you, you're really faced with the challenge of yourself when oh you're stuck in isolation. That's well yeah. put, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, you know, everything that you used to do and used to identify yourself with has been rocked. I mean, there's no, there's no way about that. There's no other way about that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I think maybe to inform our listeners, to help them out in these trying times, the first topic is going to be the most impactful. I don't know if you missed this breaking news that came out. Uh, it's probably the most important thing to the coronavirus crisis that I've come across that we all need to be aware of. And, you know, it's it's crazy out there, right? With You know, the US, I think, just took over in terms of uh, overall infection. Well, we don't know if those numbers are even true because we can't trust the the China reporting because there's all sorts of problems there. But that aside, what we all need to be aware about is this. This is from the Daily Mail. Here's the headline, Braden. Tell me what you think of this. (laughs) California influencer says he is in hospital with coronavirus just days after posting a video of himself licking a toilet bowl for a revolting TikTok (laughs) challenge. And this is the... This is the... (laughs) This is the coronavirus challenge, as it's been so charmingly, charmingly oh coined. God. And, you know, Braden, I'm against the death penalty. You know, I'm kind of a hippie in that respect. But can we just save it for executing these people? Yeah, before they wrongly execute everyone else. They're spreading. <laughs> exactly. Oh, intentional spreading. That's that's worse than any murder. Dude, how do you explain that? What are, what are people... What are, I mean, we know, you know, younger. you've got a younger sister. Like, is she doing this on TikTok? What's going on? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. I know she's into the TikTok universe, but I don't know. That seems like the, the depths of it, the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the dark web of TikTok. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, it's scary. Yeah, I don't know. What is going on? People are bored, like, though. 
hey, they're bored. It's boredom. That's what you just said. Like, it's the whole thing where you're so uncomfortable just being by yourself and your own thoughts that you're going to lick a toilet seat for attention on the internet. Like, it's so, like, at our deepest core, it's like what we can't do is just be okay with that tension so much so that we're willing to (laughs) lick a toilet. Like, I I, I don't know... Is there any part... Look, I'll be honest with with myself, right? There's a part of me that maybe has that um, sense of... What is it? Like, uh, look at me or like uh, attention starved. Like, I've certainly felt that before. But it's one of my, like, I think uh, most... Uh, troubling feelings like I would try I try to resist it you know because you don't want to just get eyeballs like fame is not something you want just for itself it's not it comes with the downside so the idea that I would lick a toilet seat just for I don't even know like what do you get on TikTok ticks or clocks or what do they <laughs> yeah, <I'm, who> knows? <laughs> like, can, can you wrap your head around that yeah I mean spot on like with the, the fame part the fame has a really big downside in the sense that you can't just be anonymous anymore and if you're known for licking toilet seats bowls it's just uh yeah it's not really reputation you want to build up for yourself it's not going to land you any more jobs you don't think that's going to be uh, a benefit on the resume (laughs) (laughs) i got tiktok famous from looking a toilet seat the employee oh yeah yeah that's what we that's what we're looking for here yeah i don't know you're like you're making a mockery of the whole thing you really just going look at me i'm just being a fuckwit and uh licking toilet bowls and seats and and trying to get this virus in my body like it's well it's almost like i don't know if you know if you have people in your life like this too i've definitely seen a little bit of it there is a kind of contrarian that a lot of people have where they're like i'll you know the media is telling me to stay home my friends and family is telling me to stay home the ultimate rebel act is now to just walk mm. around like I ain't like with my leather jacket and my gloves like I ain't got a care in the world and it's like there's almost a contrarian impulse to just do you do your own thing regardless of you know I'm just going to keep going to my soccer match even if it's not cancelled just because I think you know I, I have a better understanding of epidemiology than the experts right it's like a it's like a willful suspension of your own ability to make sense of this crisis. You're just like, nah, won't affect me. I'm a, I'm in I'm invulnerable. I don't know what that right. is. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's some sort of level of speciality that is just skyrocketed to abnormal levels, dangerous levels. Dangerous and, levels for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's almost drilled into us that you should be an individual. And I guess in a time like now, people are activating and engaging with that. Um, Do you think that's rather so, than seeing the bigger picture? Yeah, that's actually a good point. It, it kind of transitions this into getting off the the uh, depressing aspects of this. Do you think there's a positive aspect to the fact that we are all stuck at home? That you know, putting aside, we're, we're both aware, obviously, that this isn't just a you know artistic vacation for everyone. Not not everyone has the their living conditions might have been jeopardized by this. You know, I know. You know, I worked in tutoring, so the industry has just been rocked entirely, right? You can't do anything. Mm. So you can imagine all the people impacted there. And but, but, but on that point, getting to the more maybe useful aspect of this crisis for those of us who are just stuck at home uh, with a bunch of food to eat and shows to watch, uh, do you see a positive side to getting more in touch with, yeah, as you said, like connecting with family members or just pursuing more creative things that are actually more beneficial than just getting, you know, really fat? <laughs> Yeah, not, I not mean, like getting fat. Say anything wrong with that, you know? It's every stoner's dream. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's every meth addict's dream in a way. I every don't know. alcoholic stoner. Uh, that's it. It's it's like yeah. the ideal emergency right now. And honestly, it might be for the best. Yeah, like I mean, I've always been trying to look at this in the sense of it's a blessing. Um, I don't know for those people at least if they run with that and are getting lit every day. You know, by day 10, you're going to feel like shit. And day 10, 11, you're going to be, like, very introspective. And you probably have a sort of a turning point in your life. Yeah. Where you're in the depths. You're in that. Yeah. You know, your, your face is in the mud. Yeah. And you're looking up at the sky going, what is wrong with me? 
Yeah, these and are, your these indulgences. These are the questions we should be asking ourselves right now. Yeah, no, I know what Perfect you mean. And opportunity. Like, I think we, we're all figuring out um, just how much... Like, I, I've always thought of, you know, the concept of having... Uh, a lot of money. I don't really know if I, if I got like a million dollars in my bank account tomorrow, I don't know if I could be responsible for it. I, I don't mean I don't like have enough of an understanding of myself to know. I'm just saying until the circumstances arise, you actually don't know what could happen. So I don't mm. know if I could, I don't know if my vices are so powerful that if I got a million dollars, I would blow it all on cocaine and hookers mm. and all the things that people blow it on, you know, blackjack, put it all on red, um, whatever that is, right? And and just in that same vein, what a lot of people are discovering being stuck at home is that, well, now your vices have this new area of your life to conquer. Like, you're not just distracted by a nine to five or whatever you're doing, your part-time work, you actually have to stay home and the vice is in your pantry. As you said, if you're alcohol, it's in your, it's in your uh, wine, you know, cellar. If you're doing mm. a stoning thing, it's, it's, I don't know wherever you put that, uh, you know, whatever your vice or, you know, drug of choice is it, I'm sure for all of us, we're feeling the test of not wanting to overindulge and instead maybe trying mm. to pr pr promote more, uh, I guess, exponentially useful habits like working out more uh, mm. or just uh, taking more time to read. I don't know, whatever that might be. So no, yeah. let me ask you this. Like, what, are, what are maybe some positive habits that you've picked up in this uh, little staycation that the majority of us are experiencing? Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I was like, maybe this is a great opportunity to start playing guitar more. You know, I've gone from basically full-time job to having a lot of time on my hands already reading books in my spare time so that's still going um yeah but yeah like guitar just try to learn more songs get more confident on that yeah yeah i'm the same man it's just so a matter far. of like yeah. you got more time may as well just make more beats or just like um learn more about a skill that you know i didn't have before um yeah. and i still think yeah. you should be able to relax you know still don't i think i don't think we should become you know uh, like unable to sit still. I think part of this as well is learning how to sit still and like right. just moving forward with it, you know, regardless. But absolutely, exercise gets it on your face as well. Don't mm. be afraid. You know, I, I, I watched... At a safe uh, distance. At a safe distance, of course. At a safe distance. Social <laughs> limiting, social limiting. Um, All the gyms right. are closed, by the way. All the what? Gyms. Oh, yeah, dude. That's it's yeah. yeah, gyms, restaurants. Um, so you really have to build up your own routine, your own system. Right. It's a good yeah. opportunity for us all to become a little better at self-mastery, right? Like, mm. I think there was a concept that goes back to Socrates where a disciplined body is a disciplined mind. There was just an acceptance that just by virtue of taking care of your body, the most local element of yourself, really, uh, just, just making sure that's physiologically feeling good and so that you have the foundation to do the things mentally that you want to do, and that's actually, you know, I, I, I think, I think it's worth having that value and ideal. But simultaneously, I think it's it's very difficult to do when McDonald's is on every corner. I would like to see how Socrates mm. would have behaved when he had KFC right next door to his gym, right? I don't think he could have been right. There's, there is a sense yeah. in which we are apes craving just these sugar carbohydrates, and how, and what and how much of it is, you know, our choice to have the next burger, you know, Whopper from <laughs> Burger King, right? Or Hungry Jack's, whatever the fuck you call it. Uh, we, we, yeah. Yeah, Hungry Jack's is clearly better than Burger King. Like, who goes to Burger King anyway? <laughs> what the hell is that? Bro, they carbon copies. They're the same thing. Yeah, Let's but that's true. That's true. It's authentically yeah. Australian. It's one of the most Aussie things I yeah. think about us is that we hijack Hungry Jackers. Mackers and Jackers. But you're, so, you're so right, though, because you could either go one way or the other. It's real, like, crossroads here. You could go, oh, so all my favorite restaurants are closed, but what's left open? Oh, we've still got fast food, so that's great. Yeah, yeah I hate cooking, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Go with that. But then you could look at it the other way. Here's an opportunity to cook. And yeah. cooking something that everyone should probably explore a little bit more as well. Are you thinking as well about self-sustainability? Like how much of, you know, have you had any right. thought to 
make a garden like like even just mm. like go like full because you know it's it's just it's testing a lot of our um i think that when i look at the people around me it's testing a lot of their sense of what's normal and you know i don't know if you've heard this but uh, this is very disconcerting to me that i've heard many so-called adults in their 50s and 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 you know upper age uh that we're in our 20s so you know we're still doing our millennial thing but I've heard a lot of Gen Xers say things like, you know, we've never experienced anything like this in our lifetime. I'm like, well, that's comforting. <laughs> like, that's that's great, you know, so we could be facing a, like something completely unprecedented and all the adults in the room are like, well, we haven't seen this before. Like, we've just had, you know, great luck since World War Two, so we're fine. Right. Um, so have you been thinking about, like, going not full uh, shelter, bomb, you know, stock up for the winter, but have you thought Fallout about shelter. some aspect of the sustainability, like having a garden or, like, canned food or preparing for potentially if the power went out? Have you thought thoughts like that? Yeah. Oh, power going out. I haven't even really thought of that. That's something, uh, yeah. Well, that I should, think, um, look, that's, that, that, could be, that could be, yeah, like a conspiracy deep thing. The only concern there is that, like, once everyone comes home and there's a massive tax, like, the power system isn't designed in principle for everyone to use it at all times. It's designed right. for, you know, peak usage and, and, like, off hours when people are at 9 to 5. They're not, they're not at home with all their devices on, right? And so yeah. the, the concern is, and I'm not saying I believe this, I'm just saying this is what I've heard, is that because, you know, you have this shift to everyone coming home, you put this enormous weight on the power system and we could go some length of time with not having access. And so then I guess that's another level of maybe needing a generator or something. Yeah, um, that's right. something we should think about. So many people are working from home for the first time. And yeah, relying on that, because their place of business is just closed, they can't even enter the building anymore. Right. And so, if that's the case, then people aren't able to do their job. So that would create more anarchy. And so, but what what stresses would that put on, say, the grocery stores or something? I don't know. Or or Telstra, people would be buying more um, in-house like modems, USB modems and stuff. So, yeah. You know, ever since the toilet paper, there's right. been other things <laughs> yeah. that have been. <laughs> You know, very short supply. Yeah. Um, at the moment, it's webcams. You really? cannot find a oh, webcam yeah. That's for the, the next month. It's insane. Man, I, so, so you don't think about that, right? Like, that's that's so yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Right, right. A lot of us are prepared in that sense, but then there's a lot of people, or there was a lot of people in this situation where they didn't have a webcam, but they would buy one if they were, were to work from home. And now, because they're basically forced to, they're finding themselves without this equipment. Exactly. Yeah, and it's also like you, you see a lot of companies, it's funny how like for the longest time, you know, we were told, the discussion was about, you know, like the technological revolution, everyone's going to be working from home. And then mm. all these businesses came up with these, you might say, excuses as to why, no, we need to stay in offices. It's like, this is now, you have to change no matter what. <laughs> it's like it's a forcing, yeah. it's forcing a we're discovering how much of these jobs can be done from home and, and how unnecessary right. it is to put all these people in these giant skyscrapers with all these floors and shit. You know, you can yeah. just stay home and we could use that space for, I don't know, uh, multi-leveled games of hockey or something. <laughs> like other cool <laughs> cool things that don't involve just typing data into a fucking... Right. Player. Yeah. For so many people's work, I mean, you know, with Google and, and all those cool companies yeah. excluded the Silicon Valley companies, um, work is just a building with floors, computer desks, chairs, computers, you know, it's really kind of dull and mundane yeah. when you look at it. And, and it's but like no one it, even talks about the, the, I think we're also discovering how, how uh, there's such a lack of creativity in those jobs. Like, right, it's almost yeah. like it's exhausting um Maybe from home, it's a different story because you can sort of choose your own hours a little bit more. You have the freedom, mm. so you get that agency back. But for a long mm. time, those nine to five grinds were just absolutely soul sucking, and like, it's hard yeah. to, it's hard for young for millennials. I sympathise with them on this respect to just be told, oh, you know, just get into the corporate jungle and you know <laughs> stab other people in the back until you get comfortable and then when you're comfortable just look out all the time like some gazelle in the woods you know looking for the next person that's trying you know that, that uh, american psycho i don't know if you saw that movie um, oh yeah 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 that With, kind uh, of level. christian bale yeah yeah exactly right 
and that yeah. wolf, the Wolf of Wall Street mindset, right? The idea oh, that no, we've, that's a good one too, we've yeah. been glorifying that and, and encouraging it for so long <laughs> that it's yeah. just maybe this is a wake-up call to a lot of people um, who manage those those jobs, you know. Yeah, hopefully everything gets a, just a critical shake-up, you know, in these in these times. Like, that's why Google employees are more creative. They've got a slide to get into the place, to get out of the place. They have ball pits. They have just fun <laughs> shit going on. To be fair, though, TumblrCon had a ball pit, and it wasn't nearly as cool, so... No, not TumblrCon, DashCon. Damn it. Whatever that thing uh. is called. <laughs> um, okay, let's get off coronavirus, because yeah. I think... Also, part of the problem is we just can't stop talking about it as a culture. Well, that's, that's it. It's just exhausting. Like, I, it's one thing to be stuck at home. It's another thing that it's all anyone is thinking about. It's like, dude, get your mind on, like, I don't know, play a yeah. fucking, just pick up a pan and start banging it. Just get your mind off yeah. it. There's no point. Yeah, just, totally. Yeah, so let's let's talk about, you, you want to talk about, um, this could potentially relate because a lot of people, I guess, need methods of de-stressing. Um, you wanted to talk about, was it Wim Hof? Yeah, Wim Hof. Um, I don't think we've actually talked about him before. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I recently just kind of stumbled upon him when I was watching The Goop Lab with Gwyneth Paltrow oh on Netflix. Oh, my goodness. Netflix. How did you end up watching that? <laughs> the Goop Lab. <laughs> oh, Gwyneth. It's a recommendation. Okay, okay. And, yeah, oh, that's but... surprising that he's on that because what I've heard, I've only heard, uh, like, you know, that she's sort of trying to um, sell some really wacky shit. Like, I think there was, like, a vagina candle or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that's some something uh, to stimulate orgasms nice. along that line. We've got to yeah, try that. So. Uh, yeah. Next episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the general kind of motto with them is they want to kick the shit out of life. Oh, okay. They want to squeeze and milk it as much as possible. So, hey, if you want to have... if they, they actually make a good point. Like, women don't actually... I mean, this is really off-topic off kind of thing. No. But, yeah, they really don't explore their own tools that they don't um maximize the utilization of their tools right but men, right. men like don't the, do a lot don't. of um intercourse they never actually climax oh okay and it's all about serving the man <laughs> needs to be I've, I've, I've become a feminazi sorry man yeah no no please <laughs> um but no yeah um more on wim hof that like i feel like He's such a, like, the living example of mind over matter. Right. Give some examples of what this guy's done. Like, he's a complete savage. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's he's the type of person to really push the human limit to its limit. And, you know, he's had endotoxin injected into him, E. coli, and was able to show no symptoms, no, nothing <laughs> oh like God. chills, Fevers, headaches, vomiting. He's Wolverine without the claws. Just picture that in your mind, basically. He's in, he's basically so, and, an X-Men, but he doesn't have claws. Yeah. Yeah, basically. And he's a crazy Dutchman. <laughs> the Dutch have these crazy theories that tend to work out all right. I don't know. So didn't he but, also, like, I heard, I think this is from Joe Rogan, he, he, he swam under uh, the Arctic lakes or something, and his retinas actually froze while he, like he has the he has the world record for staying under ice um, mm. in water because of this breathing method, and it was something like his his actual retinas inside of his eyes ended up freezing, uh, and so that doesn't surprise me. The, the the cold the intensity of the cold water that he actually immerses himself in is that insane. So yeah, and he's able to survive and live, and he's able to keep his body really warm through his breathing techniques. So and, let me let me ask you this then. Yeah. So how does this the breathing technique have you found it to be useful physiologically for getting rid of stress? And how can people stuck at home like what is the method? Is it can you explain it simply, or do people need to look up a video? It's like you can pretty much explain it simply. I would encourage you to look up a video, um, but you know it really brings attention to a lot of us shallow breathing, right? And the fact that we are taking all these half breaths a lot of the time not maximizing our lungs to what they could be. And he says that when you do that, your body, your skin actually becomes more alkaline and your pain receptors are then switched off. Right. Or some of them. You still feel, but you can withdraw, like endure 
cold situations a lot better. Right, and I think you're gonna you're gonna get that from anyone who deals with like significant uh, pain tolerance, like these ultra marathon runners as well. They obviously go through tremendous pain. One, there was a woman who ran the ultra marathon. Uh, who ended up going, I think, blind and deaf while she was running. But it's just that level of pain tolerance. And they all say the same thing. They come back to just their breath and their breathing. It's just the center of how they deal with that absolute tornado of physiological stress. Um, yeah. So Wim Hof then, I haven't looked too much into his offering. and I know he does classes and, and all that. Does he just teach this breathing method or does he, does he expose you to other things which are because like, I know Anthony Robbins does the fire walk and shit and he gets them super hyped he's like you're walking on fire man it's crazy and they get them really <laughs> hyped up does Wim Hof do does he drown people in ice baths to wake up their soul or, or anything like that yeah I mean it, yeah it's more about cold ex- exposure for him and breathing so it's like the three things is mindset breathing cold and with those three three things you're b- pretty much able to achieve anything right you could fight off endotoxins. And he said that he's able to produce more adrenaline just by lying down in bed than someone who's about to bungee jump. Oh, my God, yeah. Just through the breath. I don't know. Take it as you will. He has taught others, so it's not just him. And, yeah, he's a, he's a great teacher. And I feel like he's very important in these times because our stress levels, our anxiety are all skyrocketing because of this unprecedented time. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, I've heard the concept um, explained recently. I can't remember where I heard it, but the, I, there's a difference between, and this gets to the heart of the Wim Hof, you know, deliberately going for the record of, you know, submerging himself in ice and then having his eyes freeze and still not being <laughs> phased. Um, there is something, there's a difference between chosen adversity and adversity that the world, that, or that you perceive the world putting on you. And so mm-hmm. I think what the Wim Hof technique and what many others offer, um, there is just a, a sense of, well, like I, with exercise, for instance, right? When you go for a jog or you put yourself through the, the, the biggest bench press you've ever done, there is a tremendous amount of pain. It's just that you're interpreting that pain as positive because you know that this is actually beneficial and you're tearing up your muscles so that they can become stronger. That's different from... Uh, or getting in the shower and your chest suddenly feeling that uh, sensation because you're going to be now thinking, am I having a heart attack? Is my Have my lungs collapsed? Um, it's completely different depending on the external context. And so a lot of us are feeling the stress of unchosen adversity with this crisis because none of us have chosen to mm. do this. But we actually spent, I'm sure of us, like I know for myself, I'll speak for myself, this is kind of my... Uh, flavor of emergency because I'm already at home uh, a lot <laughs> like I'm already a kind yeah. of, uh, <laughs> intrinsic introvert so it's not too phasing for me but I'm sure for a lot of people this has been uh, completely upending because they were going to bars and they were going out and doing the big thing with friends at movies and stuff like that and getting dinner and so you need a sense in which you've settled in and chosen to, to do this so that's, that can help to some degree as well just getting clear about that I think yeah, it's it's using the situation to your advantage. And, you know, if you're stuck at home, just accept that. Like, that's the first yeah, step. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. And, um, and so you just get, to some degree, if, if there is financial stress, that's different, perhaps. You know, maybe that's another layer of uh, burden that one has to deal with. But still, just accepting, as you said, to some degree that this is just the, the way the world is for now um, can yeah, get you... for now. Yeah, for now. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, Good. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about Wim Hof? No, definitely check him out. Um, yeah, he, he's actually amazing. And I've been taking way more cold showers. Lately. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I need well, to do as, more of that. Yeah, yeah. I, as I was, cold as I can get it. I was doing that yeah. for a minute, but then as cold as you can get it for how long? I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like it's more of an active experience. So when you're in the shower, you actually don't feel like you should be there for long. You do what you need to do, you get out. Like when when the shower is really hot and actually just, you know... It's so you, nice. It's almost the same as when you're like sunbaking. You just <laughs> yes, kind of let the melt, sun cook you. Melt away, yeah. Yeah, right. And so it's more of a lazy, like passive experience. Yeah. yeah. They, and then that way you're using less water. You're actually using less gas. Gas? Like uh, the heat 
you know, to heat up the, the water. Oh, yeah, look, look yes, at you. Yes, it's, it's through gas. <laughs> it is, yes. That's why my, um, that's why that box in the backyard gets all steamy when the hot water's used. <laughs> why <laughs> Ta- the gas uh, so I'm, I'm exposing to the listeners how obvious my lack of, you know, home improvement is. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we take a break and talk about Doom? Yeah, let's do it. Examining the nature of vibration. In examining the nature of vibration. To find only time, 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 and more time. back to the show without a name yet um maybe we'll settle on the one soon Braden, you were going to ask me something yeah um so we have uh the the, the situation with the el corona is the fact that in australia victoria and new south wales from what i understand have banned schools so as, amongst other things amongst a whole other list of uh, gathering of uh, gathering venues. of more than ten, and yeah, 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 and they've kind of like on the federal level, they've kind of left schools out of that list. So, what do you think of that? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm definitely not qualified to have any real opinion on it. Again, listeners, so don't take anything I say seriously. But I guess I am studying to be a teacher, and it's part of I do tutoring or was doing tutoring uh, before this. So. I do have some stake in that question, and I think the real explanation is that our leaders aren't approaching this issue the way we'd want them to. This is just my view of it, but I do Mm. think that largely the media and our leaders have failed us. There were people I follow on Twitter, for instance, who were talking about this as early as January, Um, and so I I was already... I'm not saying I was taking it as seriously as I was now because I certainly wasn't, but there were people on my, like who infiltrated my timeline who were talking about the potential for this to get out of control very quickly. And the, the response of closing schools now um, could still work. uh, And I think it's actually has to happen just as a necessity to put some of the public at ease as well. But the idea that at the federal level, they would still be playing this sort of game of it's either grandma or it's the economy. Uh, it's either, um, you know, old people dying in the streets or it's going to be, uh, you know, everyone getting back to work. We can't have both, right? And I think that's just the worst and most cynical and immoral narrative that is put out, unfortunately. Um, mm. So I think, yeah, it has to happen. And I think it's also interesting as well because we might see some advances in digital schooling that were otherwise prevented from happening. Like so much of what goes on in schools in Australia is actually wasteful, right? Doesn't actually, you know, just sitting in a staff room, for instance, uh, for hours a day does nothing. That could be used 
that that could be time spent at home doing other things if we do uh, you know do some digital teaching teachers can be doing other things you know not just uh you know drinking coffee all day and and getting some future heart disease uh but mm. let's get on that that's that's a good point you mentioned there um we might revisit this because obviously it's, it's ongoing and it keeps coming up back and i have some more questions to ask you about it as well so about our mm. current circumstances it's, in the totalitarian state we are now in <laughs> it's it's I mean, it's an ongoing conversation it is my friend but let's talk about doom let's lighten it up here for the doom. second segment <laughs> by talking about a game about hell taking over earth let's lighten it up a bit lovely <laughs> and, um, it's perfect way to cheer us all up and uh, of course id software if you're a gamer you know them they are responsible for all of the best shooters. Quake, I believe, as well, right? Quake is the mm, multiplayer yeah. one, but yeah. Doom, of course, is a very well-known with it among gamers, but if you're unfamiliar, it came out um, very early on in gaming. Was it the 90s, I think? Or maybe, yeah. yeah? Uh, 93 is a, is a year that's coming up for me. I don't know why. Okay. And, of Look course, they relaunched the series, I think, in 2013, um, 16. 16, thank you. And yep. uh, I really enjoyed that rendition of Doom. Before we talk about this one, maybe we should talk about that one, Doom 2016. I should differentiate. Ooh. The one that came out in 2016 is called Doom. The one that came out uh, just very recently is called Doom Eternal. And what did you think of Doom 2016? Did you have any thoughts you wanted to give before we get into Eternal? Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, for the uninitiated, Doom is um, uh, just a crazy game about jumping into hell and killing all the demons there and you feel like you're some kind of saint sent from god it's pretty good uh yeah uh, it was my first uh encounter with the doom franchise like never played the old ones and uh from what i've seen probably a, a good thing because it's pretty dated at this point and it definitely needed to refresh and that's what 2016 doom's all about giving you that doom experience in a modern package so yeah, it was blood, guts, and gore. It yeah, is, and that's what Doom does best, I think, is that gratuitous violence. Um, I think Doom was even one of those games that first promoted this idea that video games cause violence. It's one of the originals uh, that the media picked up on because of how gratuitous mm. it is. But i got to say, man, I almost think that that's like, it's so, I think with, retros with, with uh, proper retrospective looking back on, you know, how that whole violent video game narrative went down doom is actually one of the least games i'd be concerned about like it's so fictional mm -hmm. it's it's so embedded in the demon fantasy that when i'm ripping heads off demons I, i'm i'm doing exactly that to demons i'm not doing it to yes. people there's no right there's no like inferred reality going on it's completely fictional in what's happening so it's like reading a very gory novel or something in that respect that doesn't pretend to represent reality in any sense it's just fiction yeah so I, it's so it, yeah yeah it's so out of this reality it's it's not even you can't even copy and paste it it just doesn't even make sense in, in the mind of doing one-to-one -one scaling yeah, and right. I feel like it's more the violence yeah. of like, ooh, like that was that was cool, versus just yeah. like, oh, I'm getting like adrenaline from I want to kill something. It's like it's not that at all. <laughs> so no, yeah. again, if you're one of these people that thinks uh, playing violent video games makes you like some aggressive aggressive incel, uh, then <laughs> we should push back against that. <laughs> but I actually think 2016. I totally agree with everything you said about the the FPS and the mechanics and the violence. I think everything about that was just a glorious. Uh, beautiful symphony of uh, shooting and, and the mechanics is something that uh, doom has always done really really well i uh, do want to make one critical point i don't think the story mm. was very well presented like i, I was yeah not, yeah do you have, I, any, I guess do you have any thoughts about the it's story? on kind of it's on kind of the level of a mortal combat you know and and mortal kombat's a good uh game to bring up as well because that was hated on and highlighted in the 90s for being really over the top exactly in, in its in its violence um, I don't think the, the story is something you should be hung up about because it's all about the gameplay. It's all about the environments, how, yeah, the environments itself. Like, the deeper you go into hell, the more intense and, and crazy they become. Yeah, I, I only yeah. mentioned the storytelling aspect of the game because I really like how they've done it in Eternal. I feel like it's a massive upgrade oh. because, uh, I don't know, I'm not, you're probably further than me. I'm like, uh, if I was to estimate, eight hours in to the solo campaign. Um, uh, I don't know. You, we might be about the same okay. spot. I've just gotten to the uh, snow area. Uh, okay, snow area, then I'm not there. So that's your, your head. But 
um, one thing I really liked is that it did this sort of God of War style, um, you're playing and then you're just seamlessly thrown into the next uh, cutscene. And mm. this is, I think, a, a good point for Doom Eternal, and I really appreciate how they did it, because I think what FPS has been lacking for so long is a good FPS, right? Just a game that feels beautiful to play from the shooting perspective and you can actually put up with it for, you know, 12 missions before you get bored because that's something that Call of Duty doesn't really do anymore. It's something that, you know, in the in the mm. last decade of aspiring to realism, we forgot what it's like to just have a fun video game, you know what I'm saying? Right. And there's an aspect yeah. of Doom already had that down. It's really nice to see them now integrate these really polished and immersive cinematic moments, but also not letting them take over. Like, I don't I don't see it as being a cinematic game that I just have to sit through all these movies to get the story. I feel like I'm just killing stuff, I'm playing, I'm immersed, and then seamlessly I'm told a story as it just naturally sort of transitions in the same way that God of War did it really, really well. Yeah, it, it's a good balance of that. It's not too much of one thing. Yeah, it gives you a bit of a cutscene. You said something before that that sparked uh, something in my mind. I'm not even sure, but right um, about the yeah. um, the the realism uh, right. preventing realism. us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like you know, you got to look at video games as video games. Just that. Like you can't be focused on. There's definitely a spot and a space for realistic games, um, like your, your second lives and all that. Yes. Um, which are probably getting sparked. Those accounts get sparked up again at these, these times. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's you, true. Did you see the, the Minecraft world that's one-to-one yeah. one scale to Earth? Yeah, yeah, we're already trying to digitize our next simulation. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. But no, yeah. I mean, video games, you know, they're, they're a form of escapism. They're a form of, um, yeah, getting away from this physical world and really just blowing it to the to the sky like how far can you take it yeah it's another thing doom. yeah <laughs> sorry that's doom that's doom right there like just how far can you take it there that's you go. doom it is doom I, I also want to ask you about because i feel like um i just I, what difficulty are you playing on i'm doing ultra violence oh okay this is a good point to talk about then because i'm just yeah. playing on the normal difficulty and i'm finding it very challenging and i think oh. <laughs> so you're gonna have something to say i'm sure but that's interesting yeah that's interesting the other shooters that i think you play these days halo included when you just pick the normal difficulty you're actually expecting just a breeze through to some degree but with mm. doom even when you pick the normal difficulty and this this i might just find out from what you're going to say next that i just actually suck you actually get to experience like challenge and I actually get a privilege of seeing the game over screen because it doesn't really it doesn't walk you through it I feel like every level is designed to be as challenging as it is and you need to scale with the game you need to get better at handling all these tools with the dash and the double jump and the new weapons and the flamethrower you got to mm. adapt to all these new tools that you're getting and if you're unable to do so you get punished you have to deal with that punishment now that's a good thing because then when you actually finish that level or that encounter that you've been dying to ten nine times to it mm. feels really good it's a satisfying mm. like fuck i did it finally i, I was able mm. to use all my tools um i found that the extra life thing is so useful as well it's kind of a, a hack i think to be fair but then if a little bit but it's a one-time pickup though exactly yeah and if and it's and it's it's a reward for exploring as well that i think yes. it does very i think that does very well in the game um so tell me what it's like playing on ultraviolet um, yeah, so I didn't realize we're talking about Doom Eternal now, so we've, we've, we've pivoted to Doom Eternal. Sorry, good point. Um, yes, we're talking about Ultra Doom Eternal, listeners. Doom yes. Eternal, good point. Ultraviolence, that's the one just above normal, so I think it's it, it's really just one um, increment up from you. There are like three more harder difficulties, yes. the one including permadeath, which, uh, yeah, sounds like a headache. But the, thing, <laughs> the, the hard part about Doom is your health is basically the same as all the other enemies. Yeah. So you really need to focus on little kills to get your health, and then you're able to survive longer and then get more kills, and it's really a rinse and repeat. And um, I heard this really interesting way to put it. Um, I'm not going to take credit for this, but it's like uh, it's a dance, right? And you're dancing between enemies and coming back to them, finishing them off. So there's like the flamethrower gives you armor, the chainsaw gives you ammo, and the glory kills where 
you can finish them off, that gives you health. So you've got the three resources there that you need to balance and really actually think about. It's more of a strategy. And I heard this one as well. It's um, Doom Eternal in a nutshell is blood and guts with brains. Mm. Like. <laughs> that sums it up. Yeah. 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 um, out of 10, yeah. I think just, it's a better game in general. I think so too. If you too. like Doom, yeah, yeah, get on it. It's really good. I, I think it's a it's hard to just you know um just keep saying how all the things we like about it but the truth is there's just there's not a lot to dislike um i also really enjoy the it's kind of a trite cliche in today's gaming you know discussions to say that the graphics are good but the truth is the like as you mentioned before the environments are all really good like it yeah. says something about the attention to detail and the mm. uh, like what the devs were trying to do in terms of really subsuming you in the world. Again, I think that's something that many people are kind of upset that the FPS genre is not doing at the moment in games like Call of Duty and Battlefield and Halo. They've sort of forgotten that it's not just about the story. I don't really care about what Master Chief is going through unless you give me all these great environments and really make it fun to play and be immersed in, right? Like, I don't care about the cinematic if the level's not fun. It's simple as that, really. Mm. Um, and I think Doom has its priorities straight in that respect. And uh, I also think the... Uh, have you tried the battle mode by any chance? Oh, uh, the online? Yeah. No, but I've heard about it. Uh, I actually heard about it from Joe Rogan when he had the one of the game directors. Right, I didn't. I didn't watch that. Was there any insight in that interview that you could share? Yeah, about the so, game. You know, Joe's like, uh, so you don't have a death match. You don't just have a team death match in in online. And he's like, well, no, we wanted to shake it up more and make it more unique to Doom. And he says, you know, after playing the single player, you jump into the multiplayer and you, it's really just you know what's going on. You know yeah. how to utilize all your all of your abilities a lot better. Because single player is like practice for the multiplayer. Yep. If you just jump straight into multiplayer, you're probably going to be thrown off by the way it works. Well, um, I, I did do that. The asymmetrical, I... um, yeah, way it goes about it. Is yeah. It? So it's like a 2v1, a 3v1. Exactly. It's um, it's two demons. I actually tried it because it did. It does warn you when you try to go in. It goes, oh, this is, you know, complete this mission of the story before you do it. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm like, yeah, come on. Come on, who you talking, who you talking to? <laughs> so I, You're a veteran. Yeah, come on. I just, I just I jumped in, and that's exactly it. It's two demons versus a slayer. And so it's this weird um, three-man game where you sort of rotate out. So after every game, the next person becomes the slayer, and there's the, then they become the demon. Um, and so it's... I'm going to say, man, it's really cool. Like, I think they really did something interesting with this. I, I've, I played, a, I think, maybe five games before this podcast, and... I thought it was really fun. Uh, you can pick between six or seven demons. Uh, you, when you're a demon, you get to summon the kind of minions that you find in the campaign, so that's fun. You get abilities. Each demon has a different loadout. And yeah, it's kind of complicated, but it's not that complicated. Right. Uh, you could easily... Oh, that sounds interesting. You could easily jump in, I think, at any point and play a demon. I don't think you want to be playing the Slayer. I played the Slayer one game and got obliterated. It's really hard to be a Slayer and kill two demons plus two, all the yeah. minions it's it, you have to be very adept at all the tools that you have so in that respect right. uh, i do think the campaign is probably useful to, to play yeah. a bunch of yeah yeah it's highly recommended you go campaign first but you know I, I admire that they did something new and creative because like if they just went with the deep team deathmatch you know you've got your call of duties for that you've got your halos like if you if that's what you're after then play those games because yeah. Doom is its own thing. It's unique, and the multiplayer reflects that. So, yeah, yeah no, definitely. I like that about it. I guess I'm not as invested into the story as you are. Um, like God of War, I was probably more invested in. It seemed a bit more organic to follow. Uh, but for me, I'm just I'm looking at this game like it is a Mortal Kombat. It is similar to the old Doom, and mm. it's all about the gameplay. I do appreciate the attention to detail. The polish in the cutscenes seem really nice and really, like, high quality. Um, but, yeah, I'm not that that much further than you. I, I, I reckon you're just um, the level before me. And both of us, we're really early in the game. Like, how long the, is the game? The do you know? How long? Yeah. Um, I don't know, but you said eight hours. I reckon I'm probably around the same. 
amount of game time and yep. there's there's at least like seven more levels seven eight more levels after ours do you see i love that too like there's just no company does that uh today no company does just a massive single player fps it's it's so uncommon because it's it's so much more common to see these F fps games like call of duty and halo just put everything into the multiplayer and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that uh there's yeah. just uh, obviously a space for it yeah, there's Call obviously of space for it. Yeah, exactly. Call of Duty over the last decade has sold Huge. the most games every year. Oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah, it's incomprehensible. Even, even on the shit years where they've been not so good, so yeah. <laughs> still been able to perform really well in the sales. It's a it's money printer for uh, you know a while now, and right. So um, why change it? It's nice to see uh, Doom still have its place to reassert its dominance, and I think it's done well in terms of the sales too. I haven't really seen any negative reviews, so. I have to imagine that it's done pretty well there. And you've got to imagine as well with this whole uh, pandemic that gaming is becoming mm. a more ubiquitous hobby than even mm. it was. Or it, was, it was already scaling up quite quickly with younger people. Uh, now right. you have to imagine even probably older 40, 50-year-olds now with a bunch of time on their hands are going to be picking up uh, the new Xboxes and, and Playstations. Yeah, with that, like you probably see the PS4 outsell the PS2. I mean, it is only yeah. 40 million units away or something, but with this going on, and if they delay the release of PS5 and next-gen consoles, then... Yeah, I was actually yeah, going to say, for the choice. last um, you know, few minutes here, do you want to talk about the next-gen consoles? Because that was actually some news that happened in the last week yeah. or two. What did you think of the PS5 revealing the, I think it was specs they kind of put Oh, there? mate, what a, what a boring conference that was. Yeah. It was, was not a... what the fans wanted. Oh, man, so, like, what do you think... Did you watch it? No, I didn't watch the conference, but I saw, like, the, the headlines. I, I did see that, did, you know, widespread uh, uh, resentment towards Sony, which is uncommon. You know, they're usually, they're yeah. usually on top of it. Power that... to the players. <laughs> right. And the dislike bar was, uh, yeah, heavily used. The dislike button. So, what do you think of what we know about both next-gen uh, consoles at the moment? Though, are you still would you, I think we're pretty, pretty firmly in PlayStation camp, just because I have too much money invested in it. But right, right, <laughs> too many games. Uh, I don't know. Like it depends. You know, yeah, too many games. You say that, but then they scare us by by saying and and misleading us with the uh, backwards compatibility. Yeah. Like if that's not, if that's not um, in there, if it's not a part of the PS5. Uh, making your PS4 games playable on it, then it's really going to shake a lot of people up, and it's really going to make people think that maybe I should go to Xbox or well, where their backwards compatibility Xbox, is a lot more set in. They've confirmed it, right? They have got backwards compatibility for everything, and PlayStation haven't they made this a similar um, a similar statement? Haven't they said that they are also going to do backwards compatibility? They've been very wishwashy, right. and um, from that conference, they actually said something along the lines of. Out of the top 100 most, play most played games, uh, most of them are backwards compatible. Uh, so it's like, okay. whoa, what's going on now? You thought, <laughs> yeah. you thought that it was um, PS4 backwards compatibility in the bag, and then also <laughs> exploring PS3, 2, and 1, but it's kind of like... Walking that back. Yeah. Now we're just worried. Now we just want PS4 backwards compatibility, and we'll be happy. Like, I don't know. Just the, They had to re-clarify after that, saying that, um, no, actually, most of the, the PS4 games will be playable, not just the most played ones. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. The, bit, the thing that really concerns me is they were silent for so long, and then they come out with this, some sort of GDC conference that doesn't really um, tickle the fans at all. Yeah. We want to see the box. Give us the controller. Don't talk about the fact that you might have... PS4 games not being playable on the PS5. That's right. just ridiculous. Yeah, it's like they some sometimes these companies they don't they forget how to present their products. Like it's like give us the clear mm. messaging. What is this thing going to do? What is it going to have? And if this is the time to reveal it, then you got to reveal it. Like you got to be ready to 
have that shit in a box, all pretty, looking nice. You gotta, you gotta get those eyes on it immediately, like to just come out and, and as you said, do that wishy-washy, we're not sure yeah. yet kind of thing. That worries me too because I thought that it was definitely confirmed for backwards compatibility for VR. But if they're wishy-washing on the the backwards compatibility for PS3 and PS2 games, like you can imagine, that's not necessarily confirmed as a feature too. Probably, you know, it's just a matter of seeing what's what it's going to be in the end. Yeah, that's it. Like, I'm still hopeful. Um, you just got to wait until closer to the release date, closer to when we have more information. Um, it's probably better that they didn't do that at all because it's actually, you know, their silence was either interpreted as a as a thing of power and kind of um, temperance or it was they didn't know what they were doing. So with this, it's kind of revealed that maybe they don't know what they're doing. Hmm. Which is the more worrying circumstance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, Microsoft? What do you think of Microsoft's reveal? Um, so I didn't actually watch that too much. Um, I'm, I'm more firmly in place in the PlayStation ecosystem as uh, a self-proclaimed fanboy. Mm. Um, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, run, run me through like what, what they're doing. I understand that they're doing... They have uh, what they call the backwards compatibility they had like some kind of fancy name for it yeah uh, I, I don't know much more about it than that either but i do know that they've they've more or less confirmed and if that is the case i feel like we could see a swing again back to xbox mm, in the sense that very a likely. lot of people will really value having backwards compatibility on day one it's going to i think encourage far more people to you know they're like well if EB Games and, you know, these shops even exist going forward. Um, they, they usually do these deals of, like, give us your old one, get 100, 200 off the new one. And if, if, it, if, if it is the case that I can trade in my old one, get a discount on the new one, and all my games are on that shit, mm. it's like, it's a perfect thing. Um, mm. But it's weird how we've almost, because games are all digital, and we all, we, most of us buy them digitally, you're kind of stuck in the camp that you invest in. Like it's, you're almost have this problem of you 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 put the money into one of these camps: PlayStation, Microsoft, and if you're very unfortunate, Nintendo. You bought a Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, our hearts go out to you. Um, but if that's the case, then you're kind of stuck. In, look, trust me, I can say it. I bought a Wii U, so I've been down that road. I've been down that yeah, road. we're not saying that Nintendo is bad or I'm anything. Saying I'm, I am saying that. You're saying bad. that. I, I would rather say that the Switch is just underpowered. Right. And going forward, it's going to struggle playing the newest game. Yeah, and it's not for that as well. It's, it, it's a different It thing. struggles to play Doom 2016. Yeah. It's not going to play the new one. Yeah. <laughs> Cyberpunk, you can forget about it. Forget about it. Forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, so Xbox, I mean, it looks amazing. It looks pretty cool. And I, I, I agree, it, there could be a swing. Um, it happened with uh, PS2 to PS3. Yes. And the 360. And then back again with the And then back again. PS4 so Xbox One. Yeah. Nintendo's always been in the back going, hi, we're still here. But uh, it's really the, the, two, the two big ones, Sony and Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's almost like there's a level of cockiness yeah. that seeps in and yes. really just distorts yeah. their think way of thinking. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like a complacency once you conquer the mountain. Uh, right. Once right. you build Rome, you just start to indulge in it, as opposed to uh, keep the grit and the pure perseverance that was required to build it in the first place. You somewhat forget about mm. what it took to mm. get there. Yeah, that's a great point. It, to it, end it gets on... lost with fame. <laughs> that's it, mate. Full circle. Boom. Fame. That's a perfect episode one. Guys, we'll have stuff up. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll do this. We'll keep doing this for as long as we're quarantined, but no guarantees. This is just two mates having a date, having a convo. Uh, don't expect <laughs> anything more in future episodes. But um, maybe we'll set up an email and you guys can talk with us and we can read out your emails on the show. We can answer your questions and things like that. So if you do want to get in contact, maybe we'll set that up for next time, whatever. But um, yeah, Braden, that's it. Anything else you want to tell the listeners? No, it's been lovely. Uh, just keep on keeping on. Stay inside. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Then sanitize. That is the way to do it. Don't sanitize first. You wash all the sanitization off and you've just oh my God. wasted a good pump of sanitizer. There you go pure logic from the man himself uh that has been episode one of the show we'll see you next time okay guys